0: Let's go hour number three on a Wednesday. Chad and Zay with you. Hour three starts with a beat chosen by Zay. What do you got, Zay? EPMD. Mm. So what you saying? EPMD was one of the artists named by Eminem at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, for real? Yep, that was in his E section. He just went alphabetically all the way down. He went A to Z. That's fine. He mentioned EPMD. I gotta check that out. One of the big influences. That was cool. That was a good speech. The performances were really good as well. And his ability to... His ability to perform that stuff live is amazing. He did uh, he did a little bit of Rap God, which has some really fast stuff in it. He showed off a little bit of that. It was impressive. Um, all right, so uh, we got a lot of stuff on the board today. Illinois finding a way to beat Texas tonight when it felt like Texas had that game somewhat in hand in the second half, and we've been discussing that. Lots of football stuff, notes from around the NFL, including an ACL for Von Miller, Jimmy G with good news on the foot, and maybe he's back sooner than you would think. But the Cowboys are going to probably hang off on this OBJ thing. He can't. By the way, here's another good indicator: he can't run routes for him right now. He can't run routes for anybody right now. That should probably tell you a little something, too. Yeah. All you have to go on is the physical and kind of what you know so the Cowboys are probably going to have to hold off. They have not officially – I saw a Jane Slater report earlier, NFL Network. Shout out to Jane Slater, who does great work. She says they have not offered him at all. They're I, not going to offer him anything. I don't think anybody is. Yeah. Like, there's no point of risking that and paying them money
1: for nothing on the field. Like, you have to get to the certain point of the playoffs just to maybe see him, and then he has to find some type of chemistry with your quarterback. I, yeah, it just doesn't make any type of sense.
0: All right, Uh Let's get to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. Not only is he Chip Brown of Horns247.com, gets you that flagship podcast, the Morning Brew article. Not only is he at ChipBrown247 on Twitter, my man still got his Heisman vote, and uh, he's going to help determine who the best player in college football is. Once again, Chip, how are you? What's going on, fella? What's Chip? All right, so Chip, where along the line in the – first of all, how long have you had the Heisman vote, if you don't mind telling us?
2: Geez, um, almost 20 years.
0: Nice. Damn. Okay, so in that time, was there ever a time where, like, they didn't care if you would have told somebody? I know they're real careful about it now. Was there ever a time where they thought, you know what, Chip, you want to do an article where you tell them what your vote is on Thursday, we don't care? Was that ever the case?
2: Well, I think they, you know, there, there started to be this, uh, you know, this, Sort of uh, straw poll of of how voters were thinking, and it it became so public that the announcement was anticlimactic. So yeah. you know, I think that, I think that came about five six years ago, where they said, you know, you agree not to disclose, you know, your your vote. Um, you have to, you know, basically sign that before you submit your ballot. So, um, yeah, it's gotten, you know, it's gotten, uh, uh, you know, they wanted to have some, uh, some anticipation and excitement around it. And, and so, yeah, I think five, six years ago, they really, uh, put that front and center.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, it made, it made sense at the time. Chip, you said twenty years ago was your first vote. Who was that, or who was the winner that season? And let me ask you: Which year do you remember was the hardest choice, where you had to sit down, you saw all the nominations and all the candidates, and you probably took you about an hour or so because you just didn't know who your pick was going to be?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I go back to the the Vince Young reggie bush um vote for me it was simple it was vince young if you took vince young off of texas that's a completely different team if you took reggie bush off of usc they probably are still playing for the national championship because of matt liner Lendell white uh, dwayne jarrett all the all the studs they had and you know this year was was a tough one you know because you look at the, the year that, you know, Caleb Williams had at USC, you look at Stetson Bennett and the fact that the guy was an afterthought, led his team to a national championship last year. You're not supposed to make it a lifetime achievement award, but the fact that his team is still undefeated and he's been uh, central in, in Georgia's success, um, you know, CJ Stroud, unbelievable numbers, and Max Duggan, good heavens. You know, you talk about uh, a guy who has a story and the numbers, I think, um, you know, but you had Caleb Williams lose, you know, in the championship game. You had Max Duggan lose. And I, to me, it's like, no, it's the season, you know, you got to look at it all and, um, and you, you don't, change everything based on the outcome of one game. Now, if it's close, how they perform, I, I wish we could vote after the playoff and the bowl games because yeah. I feel like if that happened in 05, then <laughs> think John would've, he would have won. You're right. There's no You're doubt. Right.
0: No doubt. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah I don't surely. think there's any doubt there. So then, and Chip, real quick before we move on, do you, do you remember who the first Heisman uh, vote you had? like Who was the winner that year? Which year?
2: You know what? Um, I don't, but that's probably because I'm writing another story and <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, my mind is full of names and numbers.
0: No, I got numbers. you. Well, and also, I was going to ask you, do you remember, you mentioned the losses we just saw. I was trying to remember a Heisman list where three of the four in this case, we just saw them lose. We saw, you know, Williams lose on that Friday night. Stroud loses by multiple scores at home. And then Duggan, it was a hard-fought loss, obviously. But I don't remember one of those happening recently where we would have seen three fresh losses for Heisman finalists.
2: Right, right. And that's, that's what I mean. I mean, it's, uh, and I always wait. You know, I'm always the guy who submits the ballot on Monday, you know, when it's due. And, and I, listen, I look at everything. I, I look at defense. I look at, you know, Michael Penix at Washington. I mean, that guy had an unbelievable year, took a four and eight team under a first year coach to 10 and two, uh, Bijan Robinson, all of, all of his incredible numbers. And, um, the way he finished the season, rushing for over 400 yards and six touchdowns in the last two games, the 200-yard performance against K-State and you know there are times where there are deserving players and you you know you have to balance okay this this guy truly had a a season worthy of most outstanding player in college football but is this vote a uh, an echo in the wind? and I, I will still give a player a vote like that if they truly had a season worthy of being named Most Outstanding Player of the year because I don't want it to be just the best player on the most successful team when you've got a guy out there that's just absolutely um, you know breaking the curve in terms of what his performance means on the field and and so yeah i i mean i get i get into it man i get into a deep dive on that
0: yeah that's how yeah, you should get into it that's it's cool, a very yeah.
1: important yeah. so Okay, Chip, so the Horns got Washington coming up, and you just mentioned their quarterback, the lefty. He had a hell of a season up there. They're coming in to play Texas in the Alamo Dome. I know you're probably tired of making that trip to San Antonio. Like, a lot (laughs) of us are tired of seeing Horns play in this bowl game, but what can you expect three weeks from now when they play on the 29th of
2: December? Yeah, I'm really excited about this game. I mean, I hope that – you know, Texas doesn't have a lot of opt-outs um, outside of, you know, maybe Bijan and and maybe Roshan. But, um, you know, because you got DeMarvin Overshown getting ready for the Senior Bowl, he hasn't said what's, what's going on yet. But uh, I think this is going to be a great matchup of that Texas defense and how well it's played uh, this season, the turnaround story of the Longhorns in 2022 against, a team that loves to throw the football and has 2,000 yard receivers and, and, and a quarterback with swag coming out of his swag. And, and so I think this is going to be one of the better bowl games of the season. And I, I was like, man, it's a remote chance that Washington will end up in the Alamo bowl because obviously Utah would have to beat USC and, and then that happened, and and so you know you've got um, Utah going to the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl probably going to take Washington, and and so now Washington's going to the Alamo Bowl. And you know it, it's I don't mind going to the Alamo Bowl. I know Texas fans are ready for another trip to the Sugar, but that's the thing. It's it is the number two bowl selection for the Big Twelve if they don't have a team in the college football playoff. Whoever goes to the sugar is the you know, you the league champion usually. And then the Alamo Bowl picks. And so it's uh it it I know it's like man, how many times we played in the Alamo Bowl it's kinda like when Mac Brown was going to the holiday bowl and look, Mac's going back to the holiday bowl. Uh,
0: <laughs> but. Oh man, I hadn't realized that. You're right.
2: <laughs> but I, you know, I, I and I, I have to say the Alamo Bowl does a great job. I mean, they, their hospitality, they, they put on a show and the, the Christmas lights on the Riverwalk and all that stuff. So I, uh, I'm excited about this one.
0: Yeah, I remember, Chip, when it changed, when it went from, you know, the Alamo Bowl used to be slotted down the the pecking order a little bit. I remember when it slotted up at the time. I knew a couple people that were associated with the bowl, and I remember thinking, that's going to be a tough sell because it just that bowl is going to feel the way in your head that it feels. But you're right. It has changed into, no, this is a really good team from the Big 12 playing a really good team from the Pac-12, but I just don't know that that argument will ever sit right with, you know, with with certain fan bases, but specifically with a fan base that carries, you know, what Texas fans carry,
2: right, right. And I, and I get it. I mean, look, Texas hasn't, um, you know, hasn't. They went to the Sugar Bowl in eighteen, and that was that was awesome. Oklahoma went to the college football playoff and allowed uh, Texas to go uh, to the Sugar, and and that was a great win. You know, obviously, uh, Texas. Hasn't been able to sustain that momentum, and Sarkisian, you know, with the way he's putting together recruiting classes, he's fortifying the offensive and defensive lines through recruiting. The quarterback position is essential. Um, look at Washington, you know, four and eight uh, to ten and two. Look at TCU. Look at Max Duggan um, from a five and seven team to undefeated and playing in the college football playoffs. So, you know the hope is that the eight and four season turns into a nine and four season for Texas and the progress and the momentum continues to where Sarkisian stacks another recruiting class, a foundation type class and Texas gets to where they can sustain success instead of constantly, you know, going up and down. Um, And so, you know, I get the whiplash of texas fans. i I totally get it because look, no one uh sees the fan relates to the fan more than the the communicator of the message uh from you know their beloved football team to the fan, and often you know here's the the disgruntled uh stuff, but I think there were some big steps taken you know we've talked about this a little bit the the defense being first and foremost, I mean, enormous. Going from a sieve, really, 200 yards rushing per game, 5.2 yards per carry to, you know, 31 points per game to 20, um, you know, right around 20 points per game, 3.5 a carry. It was a uh, a really and, – and leading the nation in quarterback pressures. I mean, that that's uh, a lot of kudos to that Texas defensive staff. Yep.
1: Yeah, a lot of improvement, Chip. Let me ask you this: With USC losing in Championship Week last week and TCU losing to Kansas State, are you good with Ohio State being at that number four spot playing Georgia?
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it, that was you know that was tough. It looked like we were going to have some really interesting uh, new blood up there knocking on that door. Heck. You know Tennessee, um, heck, North Carolina for a minute before they fell off at the end. But um, you know Ohio State. I'm not. I'm not shocked. Um, and you know LSU fizzled late. So you know it. The Big Ten is is weird because you don't. You know you in the East. You uh, you know you're going to be the better team. You don't know who you're facing from the West and if you're facing the best teams. But, you know, Ohio State, their pedigree gets them in, and and uh, I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, I think that one made sense. Chip, before we let you go, any thought on the Texas basketball team? I wouldn't call it an out-and-out collapse last night. That didn't feel like that. But it did feel like, to me, they had the game and it got away from them. Do you have a simple way to explain why?
2: Well, Illinois got hot. I mean, they they seized on a few missed shots and a turnover. Um, you know, Texas had been uh, punching them pretty good, playing really good defense. And then, um, you know, there were three missed shots in a row and a turnover, and it turned into a 10-2 run for Illinois. And you give a team with that much talent and depth uh, a, a sense of belief, and then the momentum turned. And, you know, the killer is, you know Tyrese Hunter is a guy who's been so good, and he's going to be, he's going to be part of what I think is one of, if not the best backcourts in college basketball this season. Um, I, you know, him missing the front end of that one and one with 21 seconds left. He's a 92.3 percent free throw shooter. It shouldn't have come down to that. Um, and then you know Jabari Rice, who's Rarely makes mistakes. He's usually, again, part of the solution. Late in games, blitzing that ball screen, falling into mm-hmm. Jaden Evans, fouling with 7.6 seconds left. I mean, you know, those were just some, are you kidding me? And then, you know, for Carr to take that shot instead of dishing it to Rice, who was wide open for a three uh, there at the end, you know, I think guys were trying hard and, um, but they, they're going to learn from this, and, and I think Chris Beard learned some stuff about who should be handling the ball uh, at the point late in that kind of situation, and um, you got to see that to, to learn it, and, and Texas got a taste of it last night.
0: That is Chip Brown. Check out Horns247.com, the flagship podcast that he's a part of. Of course, our man Jeff Howe is a part of that Longhorn Blitz podcast. That will come up for you tonight at 9 after our uh, our flex event well, on the high school side of things. Also, check out the Morning Brew article from Chip. they got great stuff for you at Horns247.com, at Chip Brown 247 on Twitter. And, yes, he even found time to vote for the Heisman Trophy. He's a busy man. Thanks, Chip.
2: We appreciate it. Have a good week. All right, talk to you next week, guys. Good, Thanks,
0: Chip. Good stuff, as always. Yeah, there are years where I envy people like Chip because they have Heisman votes. This isn't one of them, though, Zay. No. This is an ugly Heisman to vote for. I wasn't going to make Chip you know, bad mouth, the Heisman or whatever. This is one of those years where I might, if they let me, i just send in a blank one and say, you know what, y'all figure it out. None of these guys feel like a Heisman winner.
1: Oh, I'm going Billy Bob Thornton. Ain't no curses. Coin flip. Max Duggan or Caleb Williams. Max Duggan heads. Caleb Williams tails. Like, that's where I'm at. I mean, I I just – Caleb Williams, he he had a good season, yes, but that team at the end and just his FU – for the team, the fingernails thing, and Max Duggan about to pass out. That's
0: yeah, I, It's
1: between those two, but that, it's a tough year.
0: I don't feel Heisman coming out of any of those four guys. We'll see what happens on Saturday. All right, coming up, it's Why Today Matters. December 7th holds a special place for those history buffs. We'll get into that, but also we got a big birthday in the basketball world. I want to get Zay's thoughts on one of the greatest of all time that has a birthday today. Is he on Zay's Mount Rushmore? Is he in his starting five? Where does it happen? Where does it all fall? We'll find out next on the horn. <laughs> All right, it is Wednesday, rolling through December the 7th. We'll get to why today matters. Should I know it, Zay? Yes or no. Are we in the state of Texas? No. All right, I don't know. Rick Ross, T-Pain, I'm a boss. Rick Ross and T-Pain.
1: Yeah, he just said Ross right there. No! You missed it.
0: Oh, dadgummit. I just did They got to do it early. <laughs> It
1: early, see, man. I think he did it
0: pretty early, and I
1: let it pass because I wanted you to guess. Yes. Yeah, he see, said T
0: Pain's name. I'm, I feel like he said this. He may have said T Pain. Okay, all right. Sadly, in this, with this, in this realm, I am the 47-year-old white man that knows that T Pain won the first season of Mass Singer, but I was unable to identify this song. That's sad. Wow. How do you win? It's a lot of sadness. Masked Singer, you are the last one left. They have. They come down to two and then whichever one they think sings best wins and then that other one has to take their mask off and at the very end the ultimate winner takes their mask off and that was T-Pain the first season okay that's how it works ah my girls are highly addicted to this show i'm not i just usually pass through and i've been able to guess a couple in fact i can't remember if i told the story on air when i was able to guess chris jericho i was walking through the kitchen and he was I, a mass singer yeah and I heard this voice. It was a weird – was, he was in a, like a – it was a pink dinosaur dressed as a bride to kind of throw people off or whatever. But as soon as I heard the voice, I said, that's Chris Jericho from wrestling.
2: Huh.
0: And AEW, of course, shout out to AEW coming to town tonight. But, uh, yeah, and then they t- took the mask off, and there he was.
1: Okay, I always thought it was you got to fool who the, the judges or whatnot. You got to make them think. You're not who you're supposed to be. And if you keep doing that, you end up winning somehow.
0: No, no, no. It's just about if you're the best of the singers and you get to the end and then the judges try to guess who you are, and I don't even know if that's really for anything other than their ego. See, You just get to the end and then they'll all guess. Like when Jericho went home, all four of the judges guessed something completely different than Chris Jericho and then it was Chris Jericho and then he left and that was it.
1: See, T-Pain, that's kind of a cheat because majority of his songs are auto-tuned. Especially uh. the popular ones. He could really sing now, but you can't pick T Pain unless if it's auto-tune then you're probably wondering, who the hell is this? This could be Kanye, T-Pain, Drake's done auto-tune that time, yeah. so when he
0: really sings, nobody knows who the hell that is. That probably is why he was so good at it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe why he was able to advance Yeah, do that's it. an easy victory advance for him. through. Alright, so Rick Ross and T-Pain, we had Lips Incorporated earlier, yeah, you know which song, Razor, Van Morrison and David Bowie got us started back in the first hour. Uh, it is December 7th, kids, we'll tell you why that matters in a second. Let me remind you, we've got the All Flex finalist event this afternoon over uh, this afternoon and into tonight at the 360 and 2222 location of Waterloo Ice House. The players can come by and grab their certificates, get that food special that Clayton's got for them. That's that's for all students presenting a student ID. And then seven to nine, Snoop and Zach and the Flex crew will be uh, will be on air with a special edition of Wednesday Night Flex. That means our normal Wednesday shows will push down. A little bit. Nine o'clock for the Longhorn Blitz podcast, ten o'clock for fight night, eleven o'clock for sports guys talking wrestling. And be sure to come join us tomorrow. Drop by Total Men's Primary Care up in Georgetown tomorrow. We're going to be doing the toy drive, Toys for Tots, bring new. Unwrap toys to help kids uh, this Christmas make sure they've got some toys under the tree. That's uh, for newborns all the way up to 12 is what they're uh, shooting for there. So come see us tomorrow for a Thursday show. Let's go Why Today Matters. It is December 7th. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialist. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialist. 512-601-0303 or SinusSnoringEnt.com. All right, some dates you remember, some dates you don't. When we get to this time of year, there's December 7th and Pearl Harbor, and then tomorrow, December 8th, is the tragic death of a couple of musicians for me. But today is Pearl Harbor Day. I say it all the time, and uh, now there's less and less of these folks around, unfortunately. But if you know someone who is from that World War II generation, uh, the, the World War II uh, Depression generation. If you can sit them down and talk to them, do it. Ask them questions. Find out about their life. It is an incredibly interesting uh, time period in American history. And uh, back in the day, I got to do a report on my granddad, who served during World War II. Just fascinating stuff. But Pearl Harbor, December seventh, 1941, obviously a massive day in the history of this country.
1: Yeah, very massive. I mean, I don't like to get into it too much because that makes me shed a tear. Oh, yeah. I don't like to think of sad stuff, but yeah, all our troops out there that served and I haven't talked to any former World War II veterans, but yeah, I'm sure that's an experience and... I couldn't even imagine going through that during that era.
0: Yeah, and shout-out to all those vets out there. Thank you for your service. Absolutely. Um, uh, no matter what branch, no matter what war, no matter how long you serve, thank you for your service. You could be serving right now, active military. Uh, we thank you all. Army, Navy, coming up on Saturday. The incredible uniforms, we broke those down. They're going to look sharp. We'll see how they play in Philadelphia On Saturday. All right, Zay, we come to the birthday that I want to get your thoughts on. He is one of the great basketball players of all time. I just want to know how far up your list he is. Today is 66 for the Hick from French Lick. Larry Bird with a birthday today. How high up your list as a basketball guy is Larry Bird? Oh, man. He's not on Mount Rushmore. Okay. Not
1: in the starting five, but he's on the squad. So if I had to put On the a, bench? Yeah, he's coming off the bench. Coming off the bench. He's coming off the bench. He's spotting up, lighting everybody up with that beautiful behind-the-head jumper that he had. Three-time MVP, back-to-back-to-back, yeah. to back to back, 84 through 86. He was that dude, man. He talked more mess than anybody would ever Ooh, thought yes, somebody he did. like looking like mm-hmm. him would ever talk mess. For small forwards, there's Bron, there's Larry Bird. There's Kevin Durant and Scottie Pippen. That's for me, for small forwards of all time. So he's right behind Braun. Barely, though. I think his team was super stacked.
0: And plus, in your all-time game, all-time team discussion, if you do bring him off the bench and you need somebody to handle the ball – Larry could do that for you, Oh, he was
1: such a good passer. Right? He dropped dimes. He definitely had great ball-handling skills, and people forget he was 6'10". So, you go look at his statistics. He had a lot of nine-rebound years, ten-rebound years. Larry, yeah, he was a jack-of-all-trades. Had a horrible back, though. Oh, it was terrible. (laughs) That's what what (laughs) took him out.
0: That's what took him out in the early 90s. Yeah, he wasn't able to finish like he wanted to because of that back. I can remember watching the early part of... That, that kind of golden age of dunk contest and three-point contest when you've got Jordan and Neek involved in the dunk contest and you got Larry involved in those first three-point contests, the one where he throws up the last one and puts the one up in the air because he, he knew he was nailing it, just his wonderful ego came out in that competition and then Craig Hodges and he had the battles. I never missed those two events every year, and he was – and And I've said it before, Lakers and Celtics, I was always a Lakers guy. They were just cool and flashy and awesome, and frankly, the Lakers – I mean, the Celtics guys, they just didn't do it for me. That just something about it. The green, and it was like, yeah, it just didn't do anything. Oh, I,
1: Yeah, I love the stories on Larry Bird. You mentioned those three-point shootouts he used to win. I heard he went speaking of him talking mess to guys, he went back in the locker room during that whole all star weekend and went to all the three point contestants locker room and said, Yo, which one of you guys getting second tonight?
0: Yeah. Oh. Because he knew
1: he was gonna win it. That was him. Yeah, yeah. But I you know, those Celtics teams with Dennis Johnson and Danny Ainge. I don't think people give Kevin McHale enough credit. Like, Kevin McHale was unstoppable. Yeah. Some of the best footwork you're ever going to see. I don't think people give Robert Chief Parish enough credit for what he did mm. for those teams. I don't think people give Bill Walton enough credit for what he did in that 86 Ooh. season, putting them over the hump. He went those feet falling apart. He yeah. Completely falling apart. we still talking, did. We're talking about Odell Beckham, not um, – Making physical. Right. Supposedly he didn't make physical and Rad Arbach was smoking a cigar and said, I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn about this physical. He's playing for us. And yeah, people think that the 86 Celtics team is one of the best to ever do it. So yeah, Larry for sure deserves his love, but he played with a lot of Hall of Famers too. That definitely he helped oh, yeah. him
0: succeed out there. No doubt. Larry is one of the best one of the best. Definitely one of the best leaders I've ever seen in basketball. One of the best, just the, one of the, the, the effort, the, the fire, um, I love rooting against him. But he's one of those guys I respect the hell out of him and what he was. Those Celtics teams work uh, very, very good. It always felt good to me when a team I was rooting for could get by them. Whoever it was, it was a year where a Hawks team figured out uh, how to. I think got, I think got them in a three out of five, and then there was, of course, the, uh, the when the Pistons got over them and yeah. finally got it figured out, or when it was in the finals and the Lakers did. Heck, I can still remember when I can still remember when the Rockets got by them. On the or the year that they ended up – is that right? Where the Rockets – Rockets, they,
1: Rockets the, lost to them in 86.
0: When the Rockets lost to – I'm sorry. The Rockets lost to them um, – what am I thinking of? There's somebody else. The that, Bucks beat no, them no, early, th- early in the 80s. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of when the Rockets got by the Lakers to get to the Celtics. Uh, it blew my mind. Yeah. I, I didn't know anyone could get to the finals that wasn't the Celtics and the Lakers in the early part of my life. So I remember that, yeah. And then they went on and Bird and his guys still – Got by that Rockets team, even though they were able to beat the Lakers. Yeah, they, people Larry say
1: if Ralph Sampson didn't get into that fight in that '86 Finals, the Rockets would have won it. A lot of people think that. I mm. don't. I, uh, I, yeah, think I think the that Rockets. Was still the Celtics, yeah, but. I think the Celtics would have handled their business. But Hakeem, maybe he was Hakeem back then. I don't know. I'll remember, <laughs> but him and Ralph Sampson, which Ralph Sampson was like Giannis before Giannis, seven four, put the ball on the deck, could shoot, but coaches didn't like that. Back in the 80s, get your ass on the block. Right. Get your ass in the post. If you ain't doing no jump hook, then we ain't playing you. So Ralph Sampson was like, I mean, I'm more skilled out here. I can do more on to the table. I can put more out there for you guys. Nope. I don't know who was coaching the Rockets back then, but they weren't having it. Ralph Sampson, he he could have really been Giannis before Giannis. But, yeah, that's yeah a good point. I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know how they got past those Lakers teams. But I want to say Sidney Moncrief and Terry Cummins, those really good Bucks teams back then, they used to make it tough for Celtics too. Yeah, they had,
0: some good, they had some good battles. I used to love watching those games, man. Happy 66 to Larry Bird. That's Indiana State, kids, if you don't know the old school there. Also, Terrell Owens uh, is 49 years old. Years old today. That's another great old school if people don't know that one. Terrell Owens, Chattanooga. Hall Very good. Tennessee Chattanooga for
1: T.O. Where are we ranking T.O.? Oh, T.O.
0: Hmm.
1: Like people love to put T.O. above guys like Chris Carter
0: and Tim Brown and stuff, and I don't know. No, no, no. I wouldn't do that. I'm just trying... All-time receivers, like— But I
1: feel like if you look
0: at T.O.'s stats, they might be
1: better than those two guys I just named.
0: The man's got stats. There's no doubt about that. What about back into the top ten, just off the top of my head? Okay. I wouldn't— when, put, when, when things
1: slow down a little bit, we get into like the summer, we need to really everything,
0: look at that. I don't know if he's top five of everything. Nah, But, dude. He, but in, his, in his prime, when he was, all, yeah, he was a badass, there's no doubt.
1: Are we taking T.O. Megatron before we get out of here, before we go to break? Who
0: are we taking career-wise? That's got to be T.O. got to be T.O. Yeah, that's got to be T.O. Okay. And what he almost pulled off in that Super Bowl is superhuman.
1: On the broken
0: leg. A shattered ankle or whatever it was that day, and they almost figured that out. I would have hated to see it because I hate the Eagles. But if they could have figured that one out with Donovan McNabb sick and throwing up during the game and him with that ankle, that would have been an all-time Super
1: Bowl victory. Donovan should have got that Chunky Soup and had Mama feed it to him at halftime. They would have beat the Patriots, I think. (laughs) Do you remember how bad those commercials were with Mama? Chunky Soup, we need to bring those back. Uh, Sean McVay, I'm not, uh, that doesn't make me want to get no soup.
0: No. Bring back these quarterbacks
1: with they Mama in the commercial. That's real stuff right there.
0: That is what you need. What we need nowadays, we need all these guys with their attractive ladies with them. There's so many guys in the NFL that have attractive ladies connected to them, whether it's their mom, their sister, their wife, their whatever. Let's get them in commercials. Let's go. Oh, I saw Max Duggan,
1: his girl, he was at the uh, uh – Dallas Mavericks game the other night, he's doing very well. And Max Dungan looks like a low-key serial killer. How do, we,
0: how do How do we not have Sierra trying to tell Russell that to turn it around in Denver, he needs some chunky soup? How do we not have that commercial? <laughs> I would want to see that. That's why December 7th matters to us. Coming up, we will get you some uh, stems and seeds. And, boy, are there a lot of them out there, including NFL notes and including some serious money being spent in baseball. Yes, the judge is staying right in his courtroom.
2: This is the horn. I got the moves. I got the moves. Oh, I'm making moves. You got to move. You got to move. She made that back move. I made the two move. I made the city move. I made the city move. I got the move. I got the moves. I got the moves. i make
1: a moves.
2: i make making moves. You got a move. You gotta. She made a back move. She made the two move. 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 I made the city move. I made the city move. I do.
0: Just about to wrap it up on a Wednesday. I like it. Should I know it? No, no chance. No chance. Zero. Zero chance at all. Yeah. Man.
1: He's not new, but he's still going. He's still young. He's he's newish,
0: Hang on. way new for you. Okay, hold on. I had a name in my head when it started. I was gonna make you laugh. Now, what was it? Um. Oh man. Dead gum. it was, what was I about to say? Nah, I just lost it. Alright, tell me who it is. Big Sean. Big Sean. That's not what I was going to say. I was going to make you laugh, though, but with some guess. Uh, no, I can't think of what it was. Alright, uh, Big Sean, Rick Ross, and T-Pain, Lips, Ink, Razor, Van Morrison, David Bowie, all on the show today. We had a nice beat from EPMD to start the hour. Uh, Thanks to Zay for all that great music. Thanks to you for all the great texts we had today. Longhorn fans trying to break down what happened last night at Madison Square Garden. Uh, That's the other angle of it for me. If I was a Texas fan, you just always want to get a win if you can there at MSG. Could have been some nice momentum to continue. You'd have had the win against Gonzaga and Creighton and then that one and uh, just didn't happen. i Zay, I think I agree with you overall. A little bit of out coaching probably from Underwood to to Beard. Not that that's embarrassing. Underwood's no. a badass coach, but probably a couple of adjustments there that ended up better on Illinois' side. They made plays. Texas did not make the the key plays down the stretch, and it just was there was that time frame where you just kept thinking, okay, this is too close. It's too close. Something's something's coming, and finally, Shannon woke up. A little bit. He didn't have a crazy good game, but you just felt like, okay, if this dude doesn't end with four points – He's going to get going at some point. What's the score when he gets going? And unfortunately for Texas, it was only about a six- or eight-point game when he got going.
1: Yep, after that, Marcus uh, Marcus Carr bucket in the lane to put it 67-62. You come back down on the other end. Serge Barry Rice overly helps to allow a Jaden Epps three ball. Now it's 67-65. Tyrese Hunter gets fouled, misses a free throw. And we talked about yesterday, Chad, New York City, Madison Square Garden, Bright lights, big city. If you, Even if you're a 90% free throw shooter, whether it was the cramp issues or not, that's still big time pressure for anybody sure. in that circumstance at the garden. Missed the free throw. They come back on the other end. Serge Barry Rice, terrible foul. Jaden Epps hits both free throws. Chris Beard does not call the timeout. With seven seconds left, allows Marcus Carr take a horrible shot, contested shot with T.J. Shannon guarding him, and then the final line I put up 17 to
0: your 10 in overtime. That's all she wrote. Yeah, that was a rough ending there because basically Carr just kind of dribbled into a bar fight. And it's was it Rice that was out there on the wing ready for a pass? Yeah. Somebody was out there kind of. I felt and, like that was. What, I, I took a picture. I literally have that picture
1: in my phone of was he open. There's like 1.7 seconds left where I thought he should have threw Serge Ibari Rice the ball instead of taking that right. Levi's but shot. But there was like, a guy
0: out there, wasn't there? Kinda, kind that of. That guy,
1: Jaden Epps, he helps more on Marcus Cart than he does I got getting you. out
0: the Serge barry Rice. Okay. All right. Let's get uh, some stems and seeds before we get out of here. We'll start with the Cowboys and OBJ. No stress,
2: no no st-
0: Brought to you by A.V. Consultations, 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. Clarence Hill, Fort Worth Star-Telegram, tweets out today, Jerry Jones says the Cowboys are still working on it with Odell Beckham. That's from about two fifteen or so. So, maybe it's not done. Maybe they're not going to give as much guaranteed money, but uh, the Cowboys are concerned about that physical part of things. Uh, Speaking of football, another guy headed to the pros and not playing the bowl game, Notre Dame's Michael Mayer, the Stud tight end. He is not going to play in the Gator Bowl against South Carolina. He will head to the pros. We already mentioned, uh, we've already mentioned a couple of the guys making that decision. Yeah, he's
1: a top five tight end in the yeah. nation. That's a smart move.
0: Yeah, that's probably a smart move. Mentioned earlier, AM's D- Devon A. Chain is also going into the draft. He does not have a bowl game to figure out, obviously, but he is going to go pro. Uh, Baseball wise, Aaron Judge is gonna stay with the Yankees. 360 million over nine oh, years. Oh, Good oh, lord. Cody. Oh, oh. See Bellinger going to the Cubs, one year, seventeen and a half million. Philadelphia is going to add uh, Taiwan Walker from the Mets and Trey Turner from the Dodgers. Good grief, Philly! Uh, and then the Major League Baseball draft lottery happened yesterday. First time they've ever done this. The Pirates win it. They'll pick first, then Washington, then Detroit, and then my Texas Rangers will pick fourth in the next baseball draft. Uh, Kenley Jansen, they're working out a deal to get him in Boston. Two years, $32 million. He, of course, was with Atlanta last year and the Dodgers before that. Uh, and then some football notes. There's a lot of them. Von Miller with the torn ACL out for the rest of the year for Buffalo. Jimmy G might be able to come back in the playoffs with that foot injury. No surgery required there. College football, Purdue needs a new head coach. Jeff Brom is going back to his alma mater, Louisville. For those of you that are my age or older, you remember Jeff Brom. He's now going to be the coach at Louisville. Remember Scott Satterfield went to Cincinnati. So now Purdue needs a new coach. Jake Spavitol, congratulations. He's headed out to Cal as their OC. And big congrats to Sonny Dykes. Apparently he's going to get an extension through 2028. He'll be among the highest paid coaches in the Big 12. They're going to pay him around $7.5 million, Zay. About $7.5 million because that's what Gundy makes.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he deserves all that, but,
0: you know, we'll see. Big stuff. All right, Rod and Hards coming up. That Wednesday night flex event from 7 to 9 tonight over at Waterloo 360 and 2222. Come join us tomorrow, the Toy Drive at Total Men's up in Georgetown. Have yourself a good Wednesday. See ya!